to Spoilerama. I'm Mick Jordan. And I'm Marina Gorski. And we started there with Fight the Power, the theme music for our film under review today, which is Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, which I first saw 31 years ago, and which is depicting exactly the events that are happening two weeks ago. Yes. Would you agree with that assessment? I would. Yes. Yeah. This is, your, this is your first time seeing it as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously I've seen Spike Lee films, um, but this one, yeah, it is the first time. It conveniently appeared on Now TV. Um, yeah, I think even before, timely. But it was before you mentioned, because I had it on my list already. It was like, it was after the, after the protest started, it came up as a recommendation. And I was like, Now TV is very quick. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, so I put it straight onto my list. Obviously, I watched um, other things before I watched uh, his one. Um, the big ones being uh, 13th and the series when they see us, Ava DuVernay, by the way. So, and then I watched that one. And it could have, they could have all been made now. Yeah, well, 13th, I was surprised by watching it. It's a few years old. I thought it was a very recent film, but no, it's actually 2016. Yeah. And again, it's uncanny how exactly what's happening now. Yeah. And even even the series when they see us, I think it came out last year. So before all this, sorry cuz my parents watched it last year and they told me you need to watch it. It's so good. And um and just thinking like, "Oh my god, this like to it just for us probably it seems kind of new because of everything that's going on." But no, these things have they, they've been releasing things like this since forever. Well, and since we're just right not. It's even before that, because yeah. when the well, he's always out. talked about, um, you know, uh, black power and, um, you know, for uh, the to people to rise, black people to rise, and all this and 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 all that. So like he's been doing. I think even when when he did, she's got to have it. She's got to ha- yeah, she's got to have it. That's yeah. the film, isn't it? Yeah, that as well because he's criticizing 
the especially the 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 whole thing of black women um having independence i guess like the fact that they're seen as a you know first of all it was very feminist because you know women having more than one partner and not being slut shamed and of course it being a black woman yeah which out of all the races in feminism that is the one i think that is the least talked about but the one that needs to be talked about the most so i always think that he um that he's been doing it since the start of his career i'd say oh he has i mean it's because it, like i knew of this because i knew of him from i and she's got to have it when it came out and at the time to me it was just a quirky independent film there was a lot of these of the time jim jarmusch was doing it as well so these were just very low budget american indie films and that's all i saw it as and then Do the Right Thing came out. And what was striking about this for me was A it was in colour. And it's glorious colour. Like it's Oh, it's really, beautiful film. It looks yeah. like a billion dollars for well, not a billion, but hundreds of millions. There's only about a million or something spent on it. But it looks like a real epic film in itself, compared to She's Gotta Have It, which is deliberately as cheap and cheerful as you can get. Yeah. And, that's and it's like, black and white, I yeah. think, isn't it? But that's it? what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, it's black and white, probably leftover film from someone else's film, which is a lot of them did at the time. But Do the Right Thing was just struck me as so hyper professional. And it was only a second film. Yeah. And such a monumental film in itself. And it was just, everyone was going, like, it's a historic film now. And everyone yeah. was saying at the time, celebrating it. And why wasn't it nominated for more Oscars? It got nominated for Best Screenplay, I think. Well, this is the thing. It's starting to get on my feckin' nerves that he hasn't gotten that type of recognition yet in his films. Oh, like, he, he's still underground when he should be. Yeah. He should be up in the level of Scorchese and people Absolutely. like that. He's been around for so long. And now, more than ever, you realise the year that he was nominated for Black Klansman. Oh. How, I, got, I still get very angry that he didn't win. Well, he won Best Screenplay. Yeah, but still, he didn't win the... the Best film. And, and obviously, like we talked about, the whole thing about Green Book being... It's one thing to lose to Dunkirk. It's another thing to lose to Green Book that is a white director oh, and writer, it? I think. Um, talking like, about... When they all went up yeah. to get their Oscars, it's five middle-aged, fat white men. Like, yeah. <laughs> and fat is not really... Okay, that's... Cr- yeah, Mick, come on. <laughs> yeah, because that'll be the next thing. <laughs> Fat lives matter. Well, this is it. Now you're kind of now you're kind of um, checking yourself every time you say something or you're going to say something, because with and this is a good thing, but with the fear that you're going to insult someone, and it has to be like that, obviously. But it's constantly like, oh, maybe I shouldn't say this because it could be taken wrongly. You know, wrongly is that a word? Anyway, go on. Wrong. Yeah. Um. But yes, back to Deuter. Well, the thing about Deuter, I think, as well, was particularly in the area it came out, it wasn't nominated for Best Film. And what was nominated and what won was Driving Miss Daisy. I know. I checked that. I was like, I can't believe this. Have this... you seen Driving Miss Daisy? No, right. I haven't. No, I know about it. And I, it's on my actual my, my list. I can't find it anywhere, though. I'm going to try and see if I can find it on Apple TV. I'm going to have to pay for it. But um, it was it, because I remember his. Um, interview at the end of the Oscars in 2018 I think and he just said it's not my cup of tea and he said um, this is the second time I've lost to a, a, a white film about driving yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when wrong. I went to look for it I was like oh but he didn't lose no he wasn't even nominated yeah 
This Which is, is ridiculous. Like, Drive Miss Daisy, at the time, I remember thinking, there's no way Drive Miss Daisy is going to win. Because it was up against films like Born on the 4th of July as well. Which yeah. is Oliver Stone's second Vietnam film. Which was a great film and real dramatic, epic, and classic, should win an Oscar. And then suddenly Drive Miss because Drive Miss Daisy was just the perfect, pleasant little comedy. Like, in itself, it mightn't be so bad if it wasn't hyped up to be this great film. It's not. It's yeah. a slight little nice film. And... It is racist in itself. It's because it's all about an older woman, an older white woman with her black driver. Yeah. Like, so again, it's he's the servant. Sort of yeah. Thing. So, but we leave that aside. What did you think of Do the Right Thing as a film? Oh, it's absolutely brilliant. Is it? It's, and it's, it's, it's so, so good. Relevant. I mean, it's any yeah. film from the area, you know it's made in the 80s. That could have been made now. Yeah, the, yeah. Like, the only absence is mobile phones and things like that. But even that you don't notice. It really feels no, present but day. It, yeah, and it's it's just so... I don't I just felt like it was so good. All Everything about it. All the characters. Every one of them was just so important mm-hmm. to the story. Like, none of them was, you know, oh, it's just... Even the drunk guy. Oh, yeah. Who was Mayor. just... Who, yeah, who is actually... Um, Posing as, a, a, when you see it now, obviously at the time, I don't know if people think like this, but now watching it, um, it's basically every time they would slag him or they would, um, I don't know, um, talk down to him. It's basically that thing of their own people bashing their own people. And he criticizes that a lot. Spike Lee talks about that. And I know there are a lot of um, black activists that talks about that, that a lot of the what they have to do needs to come from the black community because there is a lot of that. There's even when they talk about black men not supporting black women, you know, the 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 way they sexualize black women, but they don't actually want to marry the black women. And I thought that was brilliant because and that is ingrained in society at that time that he was like uh, what what happened to him was circumstantial. The bear. Yeah. Yeah. And they would they would talk down to him or whatever, but he was the wisest one there. Like, and do you the right felt thing. for he's, him. He's the one yeah. who says, "Do the right thing," and he's quoting exactly. Malcolm X. Yeah, and everything was just even Samuel Jackson's. Um, did you know he was in it? I did. I didn't know because I had looked it up before. <laughs> I was that pity because I'd love to. You have watched it in just a very opening scene where he's there with the alarm clock. Just you go. That's Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Straight away, you know, straight away. And I just thought I would actually love to wake up to that voice every day because it's just so brilliant. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I really loved him. But I have to say Spike Lee was brilliant in it as well. Yeah. He was really, really, really good. good. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just liked all of them. Even like the the Italians really annoyed me throughout it. As I was in, just I was. You mean you didn't just, like them for their behavior or just their presentation no 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 just for them for their behavior the actual characters like i didn't mind sal the actual guy that much because he was actually trying to help and he liked the community obviously at the end <laughs> we see him in a different light oh yeah i but... actually should say warn everyone at this point we're going to be talking about the end for like this is oh yeah film. there has to be spoilers in this spoilers yeah and if you haven't seen it shame on you yes i only <laughs> saw it five days it. ago yeah <laughs> Um, but like even um like i liked sal at the start and then obviously towards the end you you don't you don't really like him that much um especially when he gets defensive after 
uh, what's his name, Rahim, I Radio think, Rahim. Is, yeah, is killed. And you're like, no, 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 this is your fault. This is so your fault. Like, you've instigated this. Well, he has, but it, you see, this is what I think, why I think it's so well balanced. It's everyone's at fault in some way. Like, when you think of it, Raid Rahim comes in blasting the ghetto blaster. Which again, just wouldn't happen today because people don't go around carrying them anymore. Everyone has their own personal headsets. But yeah. he just comes in and he's been defiant after Sal has just closed and has opened up because he says, ah, let the people in. He's, been, he's done a nice gesture. And then this guy comes in who's already been told, don't blast that. But then Sal overreacts. And that's yeah. what the whole thing, everyone overreacts. Like yeah. even around um, bugging out when he's going on about we want to do a boycott on Sal's diner yeah. because there aren't brothers. If you just ask, if everyone was just pleasant and nice to each other, so, like if Sal had at the start just said to your well, man, I, don't. No, but I mean, listen to I don't me. think. No, but okay, if, okay, if Sal, when Radio Hame comes in first and starts blasting music, he shouts at him, turn that crap off, get out of my place. If he just said, look, could you turn it down, please, or something like that. And even him said, he didn't even say please. That's what it yeah. is. And that's what the whole point of it is, is the heat. They're in constant heat, so their tempers are frayed. And this is what will happen if tempers go on. And I remember thinking at the time when I saw it back in 89, that it was an overreaction. I thought as well, I even thought the cops, when they kill, when they suffocate your man, I said, no, that wouldn't happen. Because I didn't know how bad. Yeah. You just said, oh, no, that's a bit extreme. It's all gone too far. And actually now I look at it and say, it's actually mild. No. Oh, absolutely. And the way, like, even back then when he did it, like, it was through a, a, a asphyxiation. That's one of the main ones that they do now. Yeah. Is to kill them by asphyxiation. chokeholds, which is what he yeah. killed with. And that was perfectly legal up till yeah. recently. Yeah. I, yeah. Because, like, I think most um, black people have been killed through... Um, asphyxiation of them just holding them to the ground holding their heads to the ground or whatever where they just honest literally can't breathe because the, even now when they they say they can't breathe um it's not a motto not even a slogan is it what do you call that like a well it's the refrain that they're shouting at the moment yeah yeah and they have masks with it on it and so on yeah it is this, um, it is a slogan to an extent yeah but like that isn't and i was reading about and this is how ignorant we are as white people like, it came out, you know, they keep shouting, I can't breathe. And I thought it was because of George Floyd. But no, there are videos of people before screaming, I put it saying, I can't breathe. And this has been actually, when was it? Um, a few years ago, was it um, Charlotte's, Charlottesville or something, where they were also saying that I can't breathe or, you know, because of police brutality. And you're like, so this has come before. And obviously we don't know, especially here in Ireland, we're so, you know, it doesn't happen here as much as it does in the US. So you don't, I actually have never heard of here, but, you know, you don't really realise these things. And and it happened in the film and I'm like, oh my God, that's how they keep killing people. And this is in 1989. <laughs> yeah, I, it is so, so frightening that yeah. every element in that film is still happening. Mm. And at the time that was a protest film about it. And even then it was, and at the time as well, when it was, it was shown in Cannes and it was uproar over it and loads of, I'm sure, politicians in America wanted it banned in America yeah. because they said it would incite race rights. And Spike Lee's reaction was Predator was out at the same time. 
And he said, okay, so they have Predator showing white men blasting all around the place and they think that's fine, but they have a film with black people being violent. It's going to make all black people violent as well. Yeah. So, uh, no, it's absolutely ridiculous. Everything that like he mentions, even the way, you know, now it just makes you so angry, but you've just been so... Uh, not even a bl- yeah ignorant to all that that has been happening you think how can people actually be okay with this this is so this is goes this goes against human rights and obviously because we're not affected by it we don't realize it till now and it's just and it i was actually angry after watching that film i would have thrown a fucking trash can into that window as well i'd be like what the hell just happened like this is ridiculous the police came they killed our mate in front of us like all hell is gonna break loose but i was even what annoyed me a bit was i don't know where um you see it's really hard because i don't really know the history of brooklyn i do know that there used to be irish people living there and i know there used to be italians living there and then black people now i don't know if they, they were all together as in ghetto um because at the time that you know even when irish people went went there and there used to be irish mobs or whatever um but it still annoys me that in a black neighborhood there was an italian owned business there who thought they could talk that way to the people living there you're just like you just don't you can't like you're in a black community you're getting your money your bread off of them you can't even the son like not I'm not talking about Sal but the son the way the son, I, I would, well, if he was my son I would have I would have slapped him I'd be like you can't work here and and talk to people like this because we're in a predominantly you know black community you can't be doing that like it's just and it that really pissed me off I felt like punching that guy oh well, yeah well you're meant to like all the way back to eighty nine you would have hated him like and that was the memories I had of it well, and that's John Turturro like starting out in his mm. career as well. And then the brother is more sympathetic. He wants to be friends with Mookie and so yeah. on. And but it's and also but they even comment on that like there's so many subtle bits in there that are just slight. Like remember the three guys who are sitting under in the sun out in the sun on the deck chairs commenting all yeah. the time. And they go on about the Koreans having a shop. Like the only two businesses are yeah. Italian owned and Korean owned. And they're going, how come we can't get any? And they say, partly they say, because we're just too damn lazy. But you yeah. know the real reason is because no one will give them the money to do it. Yeah. This is what's happening. Like they would, if anyone goes to a bank and says, I want to open up a restaurant in this area of Brooklyn, yeah. if they're white, they're given the loans. If they're black, no. And that was yeah. the attitude. But all, there's so many elements in the film. Like coming back to those three guys, those three guys are hilarious. Oh my they're God, they're brilliant. brilliant. You remember when they're yeah. talking about the Koreans? And one yeah. of them is going on about these motherfucking Koreans come off the boat and they come over. So he's talking all this racist spiel yeah. about Koreans. And then the other guy says, starts saying, no, they're giving us our food. They're giving us shop. We have to look after them. And then he stands up and goes over and says, hey, Kung Fu, <laughs> before going into the shop. And it's just like it's completely the wrong culture or anything yeah. like that. And he's been racist as well. But this that's it, yeah. It's so and, priceless. But even when they go into the shop, and they're there trying to talk to the Koreans. So even uh, Radio Rahim, when he says, I want 20 um, batteries, I can't remember exactly what it was. And he's like, two. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck you, man. And he's like, no, fuck you. <laughs> but that's, again, and that's, 
the heat. Like it's they get into <laughs> the argument spirals out of control. But there was no need for it at all. all yeah, but at the same time, necessary. At the same time, like what I was realizing there is that the Koreans, even though they are not black, they're still the minority, like the black. The Italians aren't. You see, this is what annoyed me because even at the end, you see the Koreans saying, "I'm black, I'm black." <laughs> so that was the funniest line in the film when he's beating them off with the brush. I'm black too. Yeah. I'm black too. No, but at the end, after he said I'm black too, he said I'm the same as you, yeah. which is true oh, yeah. in a way because they are also minority, even though so so much racism there, but um, which they protected them also because they don't need a pizzeria, but they need a a, a bleeding <laughs> a bleeding shop, yeah. But even that's what the three guys said. One of them said, "Yeah, but they give us the beer, man. <laughs> You're not gonna get rid of them. They have beer, <laughs> like." <laughs> just gonna get rid of them can't boycott them <laughs> <laughs> but even that when bugged out comes along and tells the tree he wants to organize a boycott at the pizzeria and your guy turns around and says yeah. you want to boycott someone boycott the motherfucker that fucked up your hair yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the and then they all laugh yeah. <laughs> and even down to the whole generational thing when radio Rahim walks by blasting his ghetto blaster and they shout at him Turn that shit off! Like, but the 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 other funny thing is that they stay there all day because they even piss there as well. They get up, they piss, and they sit back down. And you're like, what? Do they even go to bed? Like, or do they just stay there all day, just sitting down and coming? That actually reminds me a lot of Brazil because that's what we do in in the the smaller communities, um, especially where my grandmother is. We all bring our chairs, like beach chairs out the front and just sit and watch people and call and go hello how are you yeah yeah how's she doing oh yeah great they go to the grocery like it's actually like that a small there's so many of that in brazil especially the in the poor side of the the of the cities where you just bring it that's the entertainment you just bring out your chair and you sit down and you watch people in front of your house and then people in front of their house sit down and you're talking to them across the street like, because you got the weather for it yeah exactly yeah but even when they were saying that that was going to be the hottest day and it just reminded me of Brazil. I was like, oh, I remember that. And I remember being in a house where there's no air conditioning and you're just sweating and you'd even like lie down on the tiles because it's cooler and you'd be there like naked on the tiles. Like, oh my God. And I was just like, oh, I, that kind of heat I do not miss because you can't even sleep. You can't even sleep through the night. It's so bleeding hot. I have that on holidays and yes, it's unbearable and having that constantly, yes. And that again yeah. is the whole theme of the film. And it even, yeah. the way it's filmed heightens that. It looks hot. Mm. You can see the heat on it. And Especially with the women. The women all like, and oh, when they when they broke the the thing with the water, I thought that was brilliant. I was like, oh, I, I'd love to be there because we used to do that too. We'd get the hose and spray people on the street. Um, oh, that 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 was just a break. When when your man with the good car went past, they're like, no, no, we won't spray no, you. But even, to... even there again, like he's not just yeah. saying, um, look, I want to go by. Can you just let me go by? And he's just like, don't you fucking yeah. dare. Don't you fucking dare. And you just, you, yeah. of course you're going to do it. That sort of aggression. Yeah. And even, but also as well, like the, there's a lot of comedy in the negativity of it. Like remember when John Savage, who was a big enough star at the time, he's the, he's in it for a minute, the white guy on the bike who yeah. brushes against bugging out and damages his Air yeah. Jordans. 
And then they're all standing there. And he goes, "What? how dare you come into my motherfucking street and my side of the road where I live? And it's just nonsense. Yeah, and then when they say, so go random. back to Massachusetts. Yeah. I was born in Brooklyn. Oh! Yeah, and in fact, they all do it. And, then that's, and that's, again, that's a very Spike Lee way of filmmaking because it's yeah. so, like even bits where he just has cameras zooming into people as they spout all this racist stuff. Remember the scenes yeah. where they have the Koreans saying a load of racist stuff to them. Why? And it's like they're talking to the camera and yeah. just saying that. And then even when the argument between Sal and Radio Heem at the end, they're both shot from overhead. Yeah. Like it's, it's disorienting shots. It's not like reaction shots. It's a completely different way of normal filmmaking. And it's all, it was all the way through that film. I said, this is just, at the time, I think this is just a different filmmaker. I really want to see more of his films. And I, that was just like, I liked and she's got to have it. But when I saw this, I said, oh, I want to see more. And it was very popular here. But um, Spike Lee is a very proud Brooklyn man because most of his films are Brooklyn based. Oh, yeah. Films. Well, he even has one called Crooklyn, doesn't he? Yes. <laughs> I, saw, I saw on his on his um, what's it called on his uh, ah, Instagram because he's selling his his own merchandise now, which I was very like you should see the posters for uh, the film he's releasing tomorrow. They look amazing. I'm dying to, I'm and, dying to see the film. Yeah, and he's um, he's he has his own website with his merch, and all the merch is like Brooklyn this and uh, Crooklyn, and then he has the film. He obviously he sells the film, the Crooklyn film, and then he has. Uh, what's the other film that he has up there? Um, did he do Malcolm X? He did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's the other one that he did. Oh, th- that's another thing I wanted to comment. I don't know why, and I don't really understand why, and it could just be my ignorance, but the reason for the guy who had speech impediment, mm-hmm. he just followed people around talking about Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. Yeah, I, well, to me... It all comes full circle because it's basically Malcolm X and Martin Luther King would be the main black leaders prior to that era. There was Jesse Jackson yeah. was around at the time and so on. There's a lot more, but they would be the main legends. And the fact that the two of them met for that one photograph. And yeah. so he's like, he's trying to spread their word. And what I, what I really like about it is the whole theme of it is that Buckingham wants to get photographs of black brothers on the wall of the pizzeria. Yeah. And in the end, when everything is burnt down, he gets to put up a picture of Malcolm X. And like, remember, he sticks it on the wall. Yeah. So he, they win in the end. I did read that he was actually added afterwards because the actor um, approached Spike Lee. He was like, he's a performance artist. Or something. He, like, um, he does um, spoken word, things like that. And he said he'd like to do something for the film. So he was written specially into the film after that. That wasn't in the original concept. But I thought he worked well. Like it's, he's just, oh, no, he's a, he's a brilliant character. character. He's just yeah. passing through all the way through. Yeah. And I've just thought now, as I said, when you mentioned Crooklyn, I don't, I think actually Spike Lee did make another film between She's Got to Have It and Do the Right Thing. I don't think it ever got released yet. I think it, was, it wasn't Crooklyn, but it was something else, but it was a minor film in comparison. So yeah. just to correct that, if everyone's gone, it's not his second film, I think it was his third, but it was the second released here. Yeah. The second big deal. Uh, what did you think of the opening credits? Oh, brilliant! It's I thought she was, and it's you can't. It's hypnotizing actually yeah. watching her dance, 
and I thought it was just so beautiful. And it's so I don't. Aggressive. It's just so what? So aggressive. And again, yeah, like I mean, you're really you yeah have a fight in her and everything. Yeah. Oh no, Brit, and she's the girlfriend, isn't she? The yeah, mother she's of the girlfriend, and she's hilarious yeah. in it as well. Yeah. Remember where she's moving the head from the side out. Where did you go to get the fuck out of here and get my fucking job? Because I think, but but I think because she's Latina, you see. That's another stereotype. He played a lot with stereotypes, in it? Because even when he had the Puerto Ricans um, there and they're shouting and they're listening to salsa. <laughs> which is so brilliant. Like, that's just so typical. <laughs> like, Latino stereotype. Oh, they listen to salsa. And... Uh, they were there, you know, and she, because the kid's called Hector, and he even says, oh, it's bad enough that my child's called Hector. And Hector is a, a Latina name. And, yeah, so she's she's Latina, which I really liked that she was, um, because obviously it's interracial then, um, you know. And I even liked when they had the whole radio off of of, of Radio <laughs> Raheem, and, your man, and they're just, you know, putting the volume up the whole time, and he has the better radio. Um yeah, no, I loved her. I have to say, I really liked her. Even the way she goes on about, like, if you go now, you don't come back. Don't come back. <laughs> you don't even love your child, and the child is right there. Yeah, and, <laughs> just so and it's so funny to him, see him telling her to mind her language in front yeah. of the child. <laughs> Which, like, that is honestly the one thing that is stereotypically true about Latina women is that they are prone to conflict and you can't tell them what to do and when he said you think you're a good mother by raising your child swearing like that i was like excuse me <laughs> <laughs> and she did it she's like you're never even here you don't come back <laughs> i was like yes bitch sorry <laughs> you tell him he can't tell you how to raise your child <laughs> but it's just it's just that inner self-defense mode that we go into you don't tell her how to raise her bloody child <laughs> we did that was brilliant and she was she was really good and i thought her dancing at the start was brilliant as well yeah it's and again i remember seeing that because that was so and it still is an unusual way to start a film i think it was inspired by another film from the 60s i heard afterwards but i ever watched it it just set you up immediately to love the film yeah. like just the you know, you say, oh this is going to be good you just knew that. And there again, I just yeah. love Public Enemy. I loved it. I knew the song well, but it was just so well performed and really hitting you, literally hitting you, like yeah. punching at you and so on. It's, and it's Well, the fact that she changed her clothes because um, some, some of them she was wearing like normal clothes. Some of them she was wearing actual uh, boxing gloves, um, the tank top and whatever, and actually doing, you know, boxing, which in, in a way it's... it's um, um, like a, a removed scene from the film, mm -hmm. like a disjointed scene at the start, which doesn't really have nothing to do with the film itself, like the story itself, but it's just there as a statement kind of. Yeah. It's of an opening up. scene. Yeah, exactly. And it's telling you what this film is. And that's what, like, he basically breaks all the rules all the time. Like yeah. scenes like that's not how you open a film. It's not the normal yeah. way of doing it. And also, it's a smarting character that doesn't feature that much in the film thereafter. You think it's the main star, but she's just there doing that. And she, it's, she's not fighting the power. And she's yeah. not involved in any of this in the film. And then also, as I said, the bizarre close-ups, the angles and all this. Like, like he didn't have it there. But remember, we saw in Black Klansman, the scene where the two of them have the guns pointed and they're, they're rolled towards the camera. 
the background. Yeah. Things like that. He does us all the time. And they're just not normal ways of making film. And that's what's so good about it. So I always love his stuff. Yeah. So we'll wrap it up there. I've actually, we were nearly going to see because it was released last year in the lighthouse it was re-released for his 30th anniversary and we missed it then and i'm now glad we did because now is the perfect time to talk yeah. about it and review it and i'm just so glad to have seen it again i think i don't think i've seen it since the first time. i might have seen it on video shortly after but it would be about 30 years since i saw it again and it really yeah. struck me i remembered every bit of it it really stays in your head but it really struck me how this could have been made today. It's just yeah. so accurate. And not just mm. in terms of what it contains, the way it's made. It's a really, it hasn't dated at all. No, it's a beautiful film. It's a beautiful looking film. Yeah. Highly, highly recommended. So there's no question, like you're giving a 10, I'm giving a 5. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Okay. No, no, just explain. <laughs> oh yeah, you're giving 5 You're giving 10 five. and I'm giving a 5. <laughs> no, 5 stars out of 5. I'm giving 5 stars out of 5 stars. And I give 10 out of 10, yeah. I give it 10 stars or whatever. I give yeah. it, it's well, we're given the maximum that you can give. <laughs> yes. Is and our point. Then some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give a bonus surplus. Just watch exactly. this film. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. Um, we have recorded a podcast that we had intended to put out this week on the challenge that we gave to each other. That's we'll be going out next week, but we talk with what's happening in the world at the moment. It's not yeah. just jumping. We're not jumping on the bandwagon. It's just we saw this film appear on our feed. We really wanted to see it. And given all this happened, we thought we'd mention it too. Yeah. So thanks for listening. I've been Mick Jordan. And I've been Marina Gorski. Woohoo! Fight the power. Yes.